Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to a bonus episode of Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim. Tim is off sunning himself in Hawaii at the moment, lucky duck. So I'm joined by Peter Gray from the AU Review to discuss Minions, The Rise of Gru. That kind of rhymes. Peter from the AU Review to discuss Minions, The Rise of Gru. That'll be the only way this film is allowed to be spoken about now. (laughs) Thanks so much for joining us on this episode. Tim is, as I said, off sunning himself in Hawaii. Uh, we all, you know, there are some sacrifices that need to be made. And I guess <laughs> if Tim has to do it, I'll step in. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Do you want to give us a rundown of The Rise of Gru? So Minions, The Rise of Gru reveals the untold story of Gru's rise to despicable status from his origins as an 11-year-old who dreams of joining his favourite supervillain team. Set in the 1970s, the rise of Gru sees Gru hatch a plan to become evil enough to join the Vicious Six with the support of his loyal followers, the Minions. We love the Minions. The rise of Gru is directed by Kyle Balder and co-directed by Brad Abelson and Jonathan Duval from a screenplay by Brian Lynch and Matthew Fogel based on characters created by Cinco Paul. And has an incredible cast, including the voices of Steve Carell, Taraji P. Henson, Michelle Yeoh, RZA, Jean-Claude Van Damme, Ooh. Lucy Lawless, Dolph Lundgren, Danny Trejo, Russell Brand, with Julie Andrews and Alan Arkin. What a voice cast there. I mean, it, these films have always really grabbed some pretty heavy hitters, but when you see those names together, that is one of the most eclectic voice casts <laughs> yes. put together. Like it's Van Damme and Lundgren together again is is insane. Yeah. And also they just really go well together, don't they? Like like you said, Lundgren and uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme, but also Lucy Lawless. I love that she's in there. I was so surprised when her name came up in the credits and I was like, oh, my God, she played the nuns with, like, literal nunchucks. <laughs> so they're not always the most obvious voices when you are watching the film 
and then you mm. see them and go, okay, that's incredible. But that's kind of a good thing, isn't it? You don't want them to be too recognisable because it takes you out of the film. Do you feel that? I think so, yeah. Like, I think, I mean, at this point we all know that Steve Carell is Gru, mm. but it helps that he's not, like, I was surprised that at 11 years old it was still Steve Carell doing the voice because Steve yes. Carell is obviously not 11 years old. No, but I mean, it's it's a testament to what an incredible voice actor he is, that he can pull off an 11-year-old. Yeah, and then, you know, Taraji P. Henson, you just, as, you know, the, the sassy villain, which makes perfect sense. And, you know, Russell Brand's back in there. Julie Andrews pops up briefly, which is always which is always fun. I think Alan Arkin was probably, to me, the most, like, recognisable voice. Like, as soon as I heard him, I went, okay, that's Alan Arkin. Yeah. Everyone else was a kind of a surprise. And I don't know that I've heard him in a role like this before. Yeah, I don't think he's done too many voice roles, if anything, because I'm yeah so used to him being quite gruff on screen. <laughs> yes. Well, he kind of was in this as well. He was, I guess, yeah. Wasn't he? yeah. <laughs> so we waited a long time for this film. It was originally set to be released on the 10th anniversary of Despicable Me in 2020, mm. and then the pandemic pushed it to 2021, and now we're here in mid-2022. To put it bluntly, is it worth the wait? <sighs> Oh. oh, I don't oh, look. I I really enjoyed the first Despicable Me. the The second and the third films are a bit of a blur to me. They mm. they just didn't really stand out. I knew we were going to get a Minions film because those little those little creatures are just absolute money makers for the studio. And I remember seeing Minions, and I was admittedly pretty underwhelmed by the Minions movie. I was shocked it made a billion (laughs) dollars. But, you know, money talks, which is why we've got a Minions sequel and a Despicable Me prequel. And these are pretty critic-proof films, in all honesty. Like, kids are going to go out and see these and probably love them. Personally, it didn't really do enough to justify its existence to me. Yeah. (laughs) And we're getting another one next year. Yeah, we've got a Despicable Me 4 on the way. I don't think we, I mean, unless it decides to do something completely different, Mm. um, I don't see it being worth a a trip because these films, they haven't really proven themselves to be much beyond, let's have the minions do silly things and talk in gibberish. Yeah. And there's only so much of that you can take before you go, all right, I'm ready for the next joke. Yeah, the next thing. Yeah, right. Would you say this is a Minions film? It's almost a crossover sequel I found between Despicable Me and Minions because it's called Minions and, you know, the Minions have had their own movie. But this is less about the Minions and more about Gru again. So is this more a Despicable Me prequel than a Minions prequel? Yeah, I to me I think it's it's definitely setting up the fact that this show's well, it, I mean, it, it's meant to show us how Gru became evil. I don't really feel like it does much of that because we st- we see mm. him from 11 years old. We don't know what actually made him want to be evil. Yeah. We just get that he's 11 years old, he's a little bit kooky and likes yeah. dark things, and then the minions kind of just are there. Yeah. Did it bother you that we only got a really brief mention of how the minions came to be with Gru? Yeah. Like I know they kind of addressed that in the Minions movie, but I thought this could stand better as a standalone film if they explained that a bit better. Especially considering that the relationship is is such a 
part of the Despicable Me films as to how, you know, he's like a father figure to these mm. little outcast creatures that, again, where did they come from and <laughs> how did they find Gru? And, yeah, there is a brief sequence in this film that sort of shows them outside his window crying and he lets them in and it's like, yeah. okay. But also they're probably thinking kids don't care and we're here to entertain kids and we'll do that with really nonsensical sequences, yeah. which this film has plenty of. It definitely feels like it falls more on the kids' side of the fence than it does in the family yeah. film. I mean, it's enjoyable for adults. It's inoffensive. That's the thing about these films, like you said. It's easy to watch. Yeah. You know, it's not going to annoy anyone too much. You just watch it. No. Have it on in the background. The kids will love it. And But I also think it was one of those films that you watch it, you are entertained for the 88 minutes that this runs for, which I'm so glad this was a tight, <laughs> tight under 90, didn't need <laughs> yes. to be longer. But then it kind of exited my brain once I left. I really couldn't remember, apart from there's a plane sequence in the middle of the film. <laughs> apart yeah. from that, there was very little else that I remember going, that was funny. Oh, that was a funny lot. Like I just, it went into my brain and immediately out. It's fun to see this beloved character of Gru as a kid though. And is this what you would expect him to be doing? I think they hit the nail on the head. It's what you would think. He's pulling high-level kid pranks. You know, he sets off a fart machine to clear out a movie theatre. <laughs> he gets ice cream by cheese blasting everyone with his <laughs> cheese blasting gun, that kind of thing. So it's, it's quite evolved for a kid in terms of the prank level. Yeah. But it's not quite despicable. No. And I mean... As much as he was the despicable in Despicable Me, like he, you know, we've got the cheese ray here, we've got the freeze ray in Despicable Me. So you can see that progression. Mm. And ultimately we know that he's not as, he's not as evil as he wants to say he <laughs> yeah. is. So, I, so it is kind of nice that even though we know he's going to become quote unquote evil, mm. we can still see that there's that heart and that care yeah you know because obviously we the relationship that he has with alan arkin's character um wild knuckle there is that kind of father son yeah bond there even though they're not related in any matter but you know grew sees him as this figure of like oh i can look up to you because you're a villain and wild knuckles like well being a villain isn't necessarily the greatest thing yeah which is what something is something that grew learns mm. later on so i do i do like that they've plucked emotional moments from the other films into mm. this film and he's always been quite an ambitious character too but i think he actually seems more capable as a villain as a kid than he does as an adult I think so. I think there's probably that sense of like, well, I'm a kid. Ultimately, like, what What are you going to do to me? I'm a kid. <laughs> yeah. Like, I could probably set off a building or something and no one would really batter an eyelid because I'm a kid. Yeah. So I think there is that mischievousness of like, I'm going to get away with a lot more because as an adult, I'm probably going to be held accountable. <laughs> yeah. And a Minions movie is always about more than just the animation. It's always an adventure and there's a lot of action in this film, which is, mm. is what you'd expect. But do you think it seemed darker in places? To put it in context, I went to see the film with a three-year-old and a five-year-old mm. um, and the younger one was actually quite terrified in places. Okay. The five-year-old loved it, but the three-year-old kept looking at me going, ooh. Like, because there's monsters chasing wild knuckles at one point. You think he's dead at one point. It's felt a bit darker than a Minions movie usually is. Yeah. And there was also like, there was the moments towards the end where, you know, we've got this, the medallion that is everything that characters seem to be striving for. The MacGuffin, if you will. Yeah. The MacGuffin classic. And it turns them into like literal dragons. And that seemed out of 
character for these films, like yeah. to have that super fantastical element. But then you've also got this sort of black exploitation yes. era of films that it takes on. And that in itself is quite adult because I don't think kids are really going to understand, you know, you've got a nun with nunchucks and that's something that a, you know, a film from the seventies would have really embraced and gone f- full out on. A so very it's... different kind of film in the seventies. <laughs> 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 but yeah, it, it was, it was weird that it, yeah, it went for darker themes, but then also had that kid sheen over it like it was yeah it was it was a weird mesh of not quite being for little kids but at the same time they're not really going to know yeah any different I guess yeah Yeah. well I mean you mentioned the themes of black exploitation and there's nods to the Mm. kung fu films of the 70s and spy films in general but yeah it's much more overt than in previous films like the spy genre and the gadgets and stuff has always been a thing of despicable me um, mm. But, I mean, in the beginning, the opening title sequence is very James Bond. Oh, I loved the opening. Like, when the opening title sequence happened, I thought, okay, I'm in for a good, good animated film. And then when it had all these black exploitation nods, I thought, okay, this movie's really going to step up from what we expect. Mm. And I was, like, I was kind of disappointed that, it didn't lean more into that, you know, like mm. it's cheesy to say, but the one of the most despicable things about this film is that it robs audiences of really like having fun with that black exploitation mm. era because, you know, we're not really seeing too many films do that anymore. Yeah. Do you think it was detrimental that it tried to squish maybe too many homages into one? Yeah. Because like I said, I've got you've got Kung Fu, you've got black exploitation, you've got Bond, you've got spy films. You know, it's a lot that they're they're doing nods to. It does sort of feel like movie by committee where they thought, okay, what's going to, what does everyone want to put in this film? And we'll, we'll put maybe five minutes of each thing in and we'll see how we go. And yeah, if it just decided to stick to one, then we probably would have had a much more cohesive film, as cohesive as a Minions movie could possibly be. (laughs) Yes. I mean, and those kind of films that we mentioned from the seventies are nothing without their soundtrack and the rise of Gru has a pretty banging funky soundtrack mm-hmm. it's put together yep. by grammy winning producer jack antonoff who worked on jumanji welcome to the jungle and love simon he's got a huge career were you bopping along in the in the cinema i'll admit there were there were times that it was you know like the the shoulder the shoulder shimmies and you can't really <laughs> you can't really help it like the, the you know the opening theme song like just brings me back to bond but then also the austin powers movies where yes. they sort of took the mickey out of that and i think having that Ah, like that really 70s era, just that guitar sort of like waka waka sort of that noise going all through it. (laughs) I think that just sort of elevates your feelings like because you might not be necessarily enjoying what you're watching but you've got a sense of enjoyment because it's got that sound that you relate to something else that brings you joy. (laughs) Makes you want to strut down the aisle in your bell-bottom jeans and... Pretty much, yeah. Like, I, I mean, I, I, I want to do that regardless of what music's playing. But yes, I, feel, I feel like I might have gotten away with it more. We mentioned the voice cast before about Steve Carell pulling off an 11-year-old Gru. It's quite impressive. Mm. And we also mentioned the other names, Jean-Claude Van Damme as Jean-Claude Ugh. with lobster hands. Yeah. Dolph Lundgren as the Swedish Vengeance, I think his Svengeance. name was. Vengeance. Yeah. Lucy Lawless as Nunchuck, a nun with deadly skills. And then you also got Danny Treu, Michelle Yeoh as a martial arts instructor to the Minions. It's quite a cool cast and it gives the adults a chuckle, I think, and adds an extra layer to these films. Well, I think just having Jean-Claude Van Damme 
as a character called Jean-Claude. Like that's not really <laughs> going to be something that a lot of kids will understand. No. And I mean, I'm someone who growing up, people had, their, they were Schwarzenegger fans or they were Stallone fans. Mm. I was a Van Damme fan. Yeah. Kids movies from like the 80s and 90s, that is my childhood all over. Yeah. And it's, I just think it's great that he's still around doing these tiny little voice appearances because he was in um, Kung Fu Panda as well. So I think it's kind of great that he might have maybe found his niche as weirdly named, weirdly named villains in animated (laughs) movies. (laughs) Weirdly named Kung Fu villains. Yeah. Well, is there anything else you want to talk about with Minions, The Rise of Guru? I mean, I think kids will probably absolutely adore this movie. The, the screening that I went to, the kids were definitely involved. Like they were laughing mm. a lot. And I can always usually tell if a movie's hitting its audience by the amount of restlessness mm. that's in the screening and mm. actually didn't really hear kids apart from laughter so I sort of think okay they're actually engaged with what was going on but for adults like if you get dragged along you'll probably sit there and enjoy it for all the colors and maybe a few little jokes and things like that but this isn't an animated movie that's necessarily going to it's not intellectual (laughs) in any manner basically I still think the first Despicable Me film is the best they just really need to to change up their formula because as much as the minions are cute and entertaining, the the sort of indecipherable gibberish they're going on with mm. it's starting it's starting to wear really thin because you go okay they're going to say a word in a funny way okay like what else is next yeah it was really funny when yeah. it first came out yeah but I, yeah. I understand what you mean that it doesn't hit as funny the second and the third time and the fourth time yeah but having said that like I did laugh. A lot, but probably also because it was just absolute nonsense. And I was sort of thinking, <laughs> yeah. why am I laughing at this? This is so stupid, but maybe that's what they were going for. And if that's what they were going for, consider it a massive success. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so how many, how many popcorn kernels out of five would you give Minions the Rise of Gru? Personally, I can only give this like two and a half mm-hmm. out of five because it it was just because I'm looking at it as – from me, I didn't really get much out of it. Kids will probably absolutely love it. But then, you know, you take a step back and you realise there's not much to this movie yeah. at all. So I'm going sort of right down the middle because it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. Yep. I think I'm going to have to agree with you. Yeah. Minions, The Rise of Gru feels like a fun, if a little middle of the road instalment in the franchise. There are layers that adults will recognise and chuckle at, but it's unlikely to land as well with the older crowd as it does for the little kids, as we've already said. I think this particular banana falls closer to the kiddie camp <laughs> than it does as an all-rounder. It's a good time though, and it's an easy watch and with enough silly Minions action to satisfy. And let's face it, that's what we watch these films for, right? Oh yeah. Like, you know, it's like, it's, silly of me to even say like oh I went to a Minions movie and I didn't get an intellectual humor what (laughs) but you know there's sometimes you still want a little bit to to make you giggle on a level that's just above a visual pratfall you know like you want a joke that sort of makes you go that's actually really clever yeah and this this has clever moments mainly because it's interpolating those the blaxploitation and Mm. the kung fu and all that sort of stuff but like the actual humor itself isn't high on the list Mm. it's funny you say pratfalls because that is what the minions basically do throughout the whole film yeah and dress up like women. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if we're going to get to a point where we start cancelling minions for, for dressing up like women, but hey. <laughs> Cancelled minions. You heard it here first. <laughs> and you can watch Minions, The Rise of Gru in Australian cinemas from June 23. Well, 
Thank you so much, Peter, for joining us on Popcorn Podcast today. Can you tell the listeners where they can find you? If you find me on Twitter at, at RatedPDG, it's the best place for me to let out full of my steam regarding movie news and reviews and things like that. Right. Make sure you check it out. And uh, once again, thanks so much for listening, guys. We'll catch you next time. See ya. We are now on YouTube where you will find our latest celebrity video interviews. Simply search Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim and make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.